You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Fantastic to be with you today in the last week in July. Uh, we're calling this our summer hodgepodge show. <laughs> so welcome to it, people. <laughs> welcome to it. I'm Leon Dolan. I'm happy to be with you. I'm a writer and producer here in Los Angeles. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here with Leon at the uh, Wondery Sunset Studio. I did laugh when I saw summer hodgepodge at the top of the the outline for today, Leah names every show, Summer Hodgepodge. I'm going with that. Uh, I'm the middle sister. I live in Santa Monica with my dog, Hooper, and, you know, do a lot of other things. Hi, I'm Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister. Um, I'm usually in Dallas, Texas, but I'm still in Steamboat Springs, Colorado here today. I'm an empty nester. I'm an urban nana with five grandchildren and just delighted to be participating in the summer hodgepodge. (laughs) I definitely have some high quality hodgepodge things to talk about today. Yeah, we're going to share some of our hiatus plans, as we mentioned before, we take the month of August off. We will be back in September. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But August has traditionally been our hiatus. So we have a few things happening there. Um, Let's see. We have some entertaining sisters, but really the, the heart of the hodgepodge is Liz, your co-host, Rico Galliano, is going to yes, be here today. Yes, So we have a special guest coming up. Rico is my co-host on Safe for Work. He's got a lot going on in his life, so we want to talk to him about a lot of things. He's got some entertaining advice for us. Plus, he has a baby due at the end of September. His first child, he and his wife are having their first child. So we thought we should provide some unsolicited advice. So Rico will be on in a little bit. Yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, first of all, my so my hiatus plan... Uh, sisters, as you know, mm-hmm. I, I often like to spend time in uh, in Bend, Oregon, when we have August off. So I'll be driving up to Oregon, but I'm I'm taking a new route this year. I think, like normally, I just jam on up I five, just Hooper and I, boom, and it's a 14 hour drive from Santa Monica to Bend. So we just like shoot up I five to Weed, California, and it takes like a day and a half. But last year, I really wanted to take what is the more scenic route, which is Route 395. And that goes up through Sierra National Forest. It goes by Yosemite. Uh, oh, last- that's, ooh, that yeah. sounds good, Liz. Yeah. And I was going to do it last year, Julie, but as you recall, last year, everything was on fire. You yeah. know, there were fires almost all the way up that spine, um, including in Redding, even though I went up I-5, Redding was on fire. But I think this year, so far, so good. It looks like I'll be able to take the slightly more scenic route. It takes a couple more hours, but I thought the difference between like 14 hours and 16 hours, who cares, right? If and you have uh, a good audio book, you're, yes, you're all set. Yes, I do. I do. So so that is my plan for the uh, for the hiatus, and I'm looking for some dog-friendly motels around Susanville, California. I figure that's where I'll spend the night. Because, you know, Hooper and I could, like, have a big night in Reno. You go through Reno on the way. But I'm thinking maybe not. Maybe that's not our kind of place. You could skip Reno, Liz. I've been to Reno. No, yeah. I, I don't think you're missing anything. People say Susanville is nice, and that just sounds dog-friendly, doesn't it? It does. So that, that's my plan. Julie, what are okay. you up to? 
Well, you know, every summer for the last couple of summers, I have run Nana Camp, uh, which is where I have several of my grandchildren come out to Colorado, and we run it camp style. They're there. We have fun, um, all the you know, for an entire week to ten days. Well, this year I have a special edition of Nana Camp uh, because I am not going to be the head counselor. Oh. I am. I'm very happy to say that I am turning over Nana Camp this summer to my daughter-in-law, Vera's parents, Olga and Sasha, who are here from Kyrgyzstan. They've been here for the month, and they're all coming out to Steamboat uh, to be with the grandchildren, and I'm actually leaving. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is, I'm going to say hi to them and everything, but this is their time with the grandchildren. And grandparents... We share this love of our grandchildren, but we also have to have the grace and the sensitivity to give all grandparents their own time with the grandchildren. So, I mean, it's a very important relationship, the other grandparents, and that you should do everything you can, I think, to have a very positive one. And so I'm very happy that this is a special edition of Nana Camp, that, and, I, and I'm totally confident that Olga and Sasha are going to have a blast uh, with their grandchildren while they're up here in Steamboat. Yeah, that So I'm heading great. back to Dallas. So yeah. that's, uh, that's what I'm doing. That's really nice of you, Julie, because obviously they live in Kyrgyzstan, so they don't get to see I their know, grandchildren I know. So very often. So this is their time. Yes. And yeah. I think you, you, know, you, ha you have to acknowledge that. And I think families that try to you know, sometimes you can get into competitions about who spends what time over holidays. But honestly, you know, try to work it out. That's yeah. what I, I say. That's what I say. So Olga and Sasha, they're in charge. They're going to be running Nana Camp. Fantastic. Okay, Leon, how about you? Uh, well, in August, I have two weddings to attend. So that, you know, weddings, you got to bring it. Like, you got to mm -hmm. be ready. Mm -hmm. You got to have the outfits, the gifts, mm -hmm. figure out the uh -huh. shoes, book the hair right. appointment. Like, these are... Third love bra. These are, I got the third love bra. <laughs> I, you know, I'm ready. So mm -hmm. uh, one is a friend and her daughter is getting married. So that will be like a lovely Pasadena fun. wedding. Looking forward to that. Daughter got some Brooklyn and sheets. It was on her <laughs> wedding registry. Oh, that's <laughs> perfect. Nice, Brooklyn nice gift, Liz. Yeah, Liz. yeah. I mean, Ian. and yeah. then uh, this the second wedding is my dance teacher is getting married. Oh, so this well, is going to be going to be a wedding showtime. Huh? Yeah, oh yeah, this is going to be showtime. <laughs> like, I mean. I, I, first of all, I've never been so excited to see a first dance in my entire life. Yes, like, I'm sure. He won't tell us what the music is. It's going to be a surprise. So uh -huh. he and his fiance Inez will be husband and wife, and they have been working on it. Now, she is not a professional dancer. So wow. I, we keep saying, be nice to her. Remember, she's your wife. Don't yell at her like you yell at us. But yeah. we're very excited. We're planning... I don't want to say a flash mob, but we're planning a little bit of a choreographed dance routine to do. Oh, the students. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, these are the students. Are you yeah. wearing, you're not wearing your cabaret outfit, I, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are, let me rephrase that. Are you wearing your cabaret outfit to the wedding, Leanne? I'm not. But the, okay. the dress is formal. But mm -hmm. it's a midday wedding, and I was confused, and I asked Jan, I was like, what do you think that means? She goes, Leanne, look around at this crowd. It means sparkles. It means <laughs> yes. bling. I uh -huh. was like, okay, so I am wearing a, do that. a sparkly silver dress. So I have that. That's it. Uh, also, I'm getting a colonoscopy. Exciting. <laughs> and that is time to do a little weight loss before the wedding. So yeah. good. That's going to be excellent. And then, uh, and then, as God is my witness, I'm going to launch the Satellite Sisters newsletter if it kills me. <laughs> Okay. It okay, may kill me. Hey, Leanne. 
I vowed to do it last year, and then I had to go work on my secret project. Yes. So I'm going to really try to get it figured out. Okay. Uh, we just need to acknowledge, though, that Julia and I have put no pressure no. on you to launch a newsletter. No, no, no. You and we are haven't driven. offered to help in one bit. <laughs> no. No, no, we just have things to say. We have material. We have yes, content. You we know? do. So, and we would like to get it out in as many ways as possible. So, um, okay. Uh, so that that's the, those are the plans. Those are the summer plans. All right. Well, I did want to give people a little bit of advice. This is the time of you know year where people are getting ready to go off on vacation. So, I saw an article about why you often get sick during your time off. Have mm. you ever noticed that? You're yeah. Like, Plan Always. this big vacation. Yeah. And, yeah. So this article from the Huffington Post, Julie, had three reasons um, why you get sick on vacation. Reason number one is your vacation prep might actually be the culprit because you're cramming, putting in a lot of extra long hours to get out of the office or you're skipping your normal workouts to do laundry or pack or whatever, and that all these things can throw your body uh, out of whack and your immune system, they say, because you could actually be more stressed and more fatigued in the days leading up to the vacation than you would be even on a normal stressful, fatiguing day. So try to maintain your balanced routine leading up to your vacay. So that is number one. Number two is, and this is definitely my category, you could be experiencing what they call the letdown effect. So, you know, you know this. You've been cramming, cramming, cramming. You've been juggling all the balls. You've been doing everything you need to do on a normal time. And then... The moment you unplug, like your whole body just sort of gives out, right? That's right. The... You are operating on adrenaline, and yes. then when you actually try to relax, then mm -hmm. you fall apart, mm -hmm. right? They say mm -hmm. that many people also notice an increase in mental health symptoms, chronic pain issues, or other ailments when they're relaxed, things that you're powering through otherwise. So that's the letdown effect. So, um, and flare-ups of pain, I thought that was interesting. I didn't yeah. realize that people experienced that. So uh, they said the best way, again, guess what? Control your stress as much as possible in the first place. So exercising, hanging out with friends, even talking to a therapist during your vacation is something that they recommend. I thought, well, that's kind of a nice relaxing thing to do. If you never have time to talk to a therapist during your normal life, but you've got some time off. Schedule a little therapy. That actually seemed like a good idea to me. Why not? Anyway, so then, so that's number two. And number three, of course, is that traveling itself can mess with your immune system. So, yeah, we've all gotten those killer colds from being on an airplane or you're just around a lot of other people. So try to be really careful about washing your hands and all of that. They also said that the seat you choose on an airplane can actually make you more vulnerable. I was sad to see that an aisle seat is actually riskier than a window seat. Because How is that possible? I, I don't know, Julie. It's science. It's in the Huffington Sneezy Post. Sneezy people are so walking. Everybody's up. walking yeah. by you that if you're off in the corner in front of your own little window, you know, but all the air is bad and it's all being recirculated. Yeah. Anyway, so those are the three reasons. So just pay attention. The solution to them all is the same. Sort of take good care of yourself. <laughs> try to de-stress. Uh, hydrate and wash your hands a lot. There you go. Those are those are my tips. Thank you, Doctor Liz. It's unusual for you to be giving medical advice. I know. It's just I. It's so often that I've gone on vacation, and the first thing that happens is you get That's the giant right. cold. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, speaking of vacation, we want to see your vacation pics. We do. Truly, we really do. So use the hashtag 
Sat Sisters Travel when you're posting, either on Instagram or on Facebook. Uh, we have a wonderful photo this week on Facebook by Lori, who took three families to Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons, and they all had the matching T-shirts made up so with the campaign. Amazing picture. And, I love that. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So, such a great picture. I mean, the Tetons are so beautiful, and that looks great. So, thank you. Also, $4 shout-out to uh, Nancy, Lorraine, and Jane. Mm-hmm. That was a super nice mm-hmm. post. Mm-hmm. We had mentioned her White Cliffs of Dover photo a couple weeks ago, and she saw it while she was in the hospital while her mom was dying. I know. And she was texting her sisters and listening to the show, and oh my gosh, you guys. That we're really touched of you. us. Really, yep. really touched us. Yeah. And we're sorry for, you know, for your loss. It's a very hard thing to lose your mom. We know that. We've been it is. That. And yeah. uh, so we're happy that if we provided any comfort, that's great. Uh, but we loved your photo of the White Cliffs of Dover. So <laughs> hashtag Sat Sisters Travel. Okay, one other vacation assignment for everyone within the sound of our voice is while we're gone during the month of August, we won't be posting any new shows, as we've explained, but here's what we want you to do. We want you to share your favorite Satellite Sisters episode on Facebook, which is super easy to do. Here's If you go to SatelliteSisters.com and you go to the page where our whole audio archive is, you'll see it right there. Listen to the podcast. Click on that. And there are, we have like 815 <laughs> shows or something. So believe me, you'll have plenty to listen to during yeah. the month of August. No complaints. Mm-hmm. But if you listen, especially to an older show that you find particularly entertaining, you'll see there in the audio archive, you can share to Facebook right underneath where the show is. And if you just click on the Facebook symbol... And then you can pick to share it to the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. So you just pick any random show that you're enjoying, share it to the Satellite Sisters Facebook group so everyone else can can listen to it. And also in your message, just put what you what you liked about it while you're sharing it. We think we can really uncover some good material some while gems. we're gone. So there are some mm-hmm. gems in there. There are there might be a few clunkers in there, but mainly gems. <laughs> we think we think mainly gems in there. So share your favorite Satellite Sisters episode on Facebook. It's super easy to do from our website, which is satellitesisters.com. All right, coming up, we're going to speak to Rico Galliano. He's Liz's co-host on Safe for Work. He's also the author of Brunch is Hell, and he's going to be a new dad. So Urban Nana has some unsolicited advice for him. Stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. All right, joining us now is a very special guest. We're super psyched. It's so rare that we have guests in the studio. Um, You've heard me talk before about my co-host on Safe for Work, Rico Galliano. It's a pleasure to have you here on Satellite System, It is a pleasure to be here. I've been listening to you guys for evs. Now, you're here for several reasons. Uh, You have a very funny book called Brunch is Hell, (laughs) How to Save the World by Throwing a Dinner Party. So we want to get your entertaining inspiration for our summer entertaining. Okay. But then also, you're about to become a new dad. Your yep. first child is due in September, right? Yep, that's correct. So uh, Urban Nana has a lot of unsolicited <laughs> advice for you. You can, Any questions you have about becoming a parent for the first time, feel free to ask either Leon or Julie. As you know, I'm not a parent. Okay. Uh, All right, but, but Liz gives really bad advice on parenting. <laughs> I Rico, do. So. Great, so then I can just do the opposite. Yes. It's going to be yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah that would that would be good. But anyway, let's just start at the top. Uh, First, talk- though, can I congratulate you both on getting the good 
good housekeeping seal of approval? Yeah. Yes. I mean, that must be a career thrill. <laughs> did you ever think? I did not. Good <laughs> housekeeping <laughs> yeah. ra- ranked us number two in podcasts of 2019, right behind the third season of Serial. For <laughs> God's sake. Amazing. It is yeah. crazy. Better, better. I didn't even look at this out. Yes. yes. Wow. Serial oh. is number it one. Is and then number three, right behind us, is The Dropout, that one about oh, Elizabeth yeah. Holmes. That's right. The, uh, the, like, The Moth is on that list. There are a like, lot of really good shows on that it's list. It's like all heavy hitters who have been around for a long time and us, yeah. like, basically. Well, so. Way to go, team. Well, we, that's congratulations. great. Congratulations. congratulations. It's very exciting. Thanks. Career advice. Everybody needs it sooner or later. That's what I finally figured out. By the you way, we, also, Cosmopolitan also had, had yes. put us on one of their lists. Uh-huh. And uh, what was the last one? It was another quote-unquote women's magazine. They're, of course, like gender-neutral must be in anymore. the building, in one building where they all you know, they talk all, to each other. They all hobnob. <laughs> God, that's it. Sell yourself short. Isn't that some of the career advice you give to others? Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right, Julie. Thank you. We're Thank awesome. For reminding us. Congratulations. Yeah, people like us. Yeah, okay. If, if people haven't listened to Safe for Work, listen to Safe for Work. Yes. Yeah. It's really Please enjoyable. Do. I listen every week, and I've been hearing you yak about stuff for ages. <laughs> your, your whole darn life. <laughs> wow. There's really? She, there, yeah. there, is there any need? Can't you just call her up and she'll tell you exactly what she just said? She always surprises me. Right. She always surprises me. Okay, but we did want to provide some inspiration. This is our final show of the season. Oh, wow. You know, and then we take August as a hiatus. We will be doing some of our own entertaining during the month of August, but listeners do a lot of entertaining. And in Brunch as Hell, you take some very strong positions on (laughs) the power of the dinner party and how to entertain. So uh, can you inspire us? Like. Uh uh, certainly, and I, I will say in advance that this is all somewhat tongue in cheek. We do want to revive the, I think, fading art of the dinner party. And by we, by the way, I mean my co-host uh, and my old show, Dinner Party Download, who co-wrote the book with me, Brendan Francis Newnham. If you're out there, hello, bro. Uh-huh. And uh, we do want to revive the fading art of the dinner party, but we do take explicitly, ridiculously strong stances on things that do not really matter. Okay. That's, That's right up our alley today. Oh, we like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So if you hear me like strongly advocating for a position right now, just know I'm aware that it's ridiculous. There okay. are more important things in the world. No, um, no. But we will say, so you're just giving me the blanket opportunity to say yeah. any anything about like summer? What, what is the one thing that really makes a great dinner party? I mean, we tend to overthink the food, but... Yes. Yeah, there is. We have an entire chapter on food, but that chapter begins with the least important part of a dinner party is the food. Oh, really? The food is just a vehicle to get people around and sort of vibe with each other. We have all sorts of rules about what makes a dinner party, by the way. And one of the most important things is that you actually have a table. The idea is Uh that because that forces you to all gather around the table and share a conversation, which is also why we limit the number of people that can be at a dinner party. Now, you can have more people at a party, and it's a great party. It's just not a dinner party, because after, we we say, 4 to 12 people, Uh after that amount, you can't gather them around a table, one table. Generally, they're either at several tables or it becomes a buffet. People are gathering in tiny little groups. They're not sharing information with each other and, like, vibing off of each other, so that's not a dinner party anymore. Mm -hmm. Dinner party is a state of mind. A social okay. construct, as much it is, is as much as it is an excuse to uh, hang out and eat food. Okay. And so, when we're talking about food, uh, it doesn't have to be fancy. I think that's one of the things that's been killing dinner parties, and why we're, people aren't having them as much is because yeah. of this riot in foodieism. People think that they've got to just like nail it. I do have a friend who throws killer 
dinner parties and has basically spent the last two years kind of perfecting the per- the perfect cacio e pepe. Oh, oh. oh okay. Yeah, he's, I'd show up for that. So he's go? crazy. <laughs> you don't have to do that. Like, he sends me photos of, like, oh, the next cacio e pepe. This one's going to be the killer one. Oh, I figured out how to do it in half the time, but twice as delicious. And it's like, it is great, but it doesn't have to be that yeah. way. Can go I just say it. here, Julie, I remember when you lived in Northern California. This was before you even uh-huh. moved to Thailand. You were part of some killer dinner party club that just like combusted because it got so competitive, right? Really? I, I had to leave the country, uh, Rico. <laughs> I, I was the only way I could get out of this dinner party group. It was, I was way over my head. It was way too competitive. Did you see? So my only option was to move to Bangkok, Thailand. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And do they have dinner parties in Thailand? Yes, they do. Yeah. And I was I was much better at those than yeah. the ones in Northern California. You see, they chased you away. Like America chased you to another country <laughs> to where they have better dinner parties. We've all got to figure this out, or we're going mm-hmm. to be at a, a, there's going to be a dinner party deficit. Dinner Can party we, deficit. Like That's we'll add deficit. that. We have a running list of things we should start worrying about now. <laughs> yep. I didn't have dinner party deficit on it yet. Yep. But I'm okay. writing it down. I'm writing it down. I'm glad yes. to contribute to the apocalypse. So a barbecue doesn't count then, like the time honored. Summer, nope. no, no, nope. okay. barbecue doesn't count because it's uh, although you might eat some, you know, like you might have a picnic table yeah. out and some people might sit at that table. Generally, at a barbecue, you're standing on the lawn somewhere. You know, the side of a swimming pool is not a dinner table, you can't gather mm-hmm. 12 people at the one side of a swimming pool unless you're extremely rich, in which case, God bless you. But you have uh, one of yeah. the swim up bars, that, that would be good. Ooh. Does that count? I wonder if you could have a swim-up bar and put, like, a roast chicken in the middle of it and everyone gathered around. I wonder if that would be a dinner party. Well, just I'm attending that. I don't know if it's officially a dinner party, but you figured come out on, a way that to, sounds good. I would be there. You figured out a way to make a pool party a dinner party. Congrats. Um, yeah, that a picnic generally is not a dinner party. Okay. Again, when people are running around. You're, you are strict. Laterals. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> and here's another thing. People might think that inviting people out to dinner, like just let's say you have 10 mm-hmm. people and you go to a restaurant, that's not a dinner party because that's it's based on a, a capitalist exchange of money. Mm-hmm. And one of the ideas of the dinner party is that you are giving to somebody and inviting them into your home. Okay. You are, you are oh. freely giving of yourself to them. It is an act of civility that mm-hmm. we need more of. It's not just an exchange of cash. I, I truly believe in that, which is why one of my personal issues with dinner party is when People insist on bringing food to the dinner party that I'm hosting. Mm. Like, oh, you can't. Oh, you. And they're not cooking. So mm. I know that they're just going and buying it. Oh, oh you mean like from a store? Yeah. yeah. Like, yep. oh, let me bring something. No, no, no. Don't know. <laughs> I can I, go to Gelson's if I need to. I know. I mean, don't I just bring food into Liam's Don't kitchen. I get really <laughs> freaked out and then I lose sleep over it? Like, and I know really? I should be more gracious, but I'm well, like, if you want me to eat your food, you should invite me to your house. That's true, but yeah. I do, I do think that you could have a, a potluck. I, I think oh, that that's a that's okay. That, not that okay could be for a me. dinner party as long as. But you're right. If you, in our in our method anyway, yeah, okay, in our ridiculous <laughs> okay. you know right. constitution, uh, that you. You can, if you bring st- 
stuff from a grocery store, it has to be denuded of its packaging because this is also ideally as much of an advertising-free zone as possible. Mm-hmm. This is oh, okay. not about, you know, having basically Branded. things like, mm-hmm. yeah, if you have a TV on, we say you have to have the TV at least 15 feet away from the uh, dinner party <laughs> and it has to be off. If you're running, you know, music through your TV set, that has to be off. All sorts of things to, like, keep you on track, which is, like, the, the most important thing is that you're having this conversation and you're not being distracted by it. Yes, which is the oh, most wow. Satellite Sisters part of it. That's why I like your whole approach. Thanks. It's about really talking to each other. Which makes me laugh when I think about that baby coming because you, you, it's going to be like two more decades before yeah. you get back to having the party you just described. Yes, by the way, there's a, there's a thing in there about bringing children to a dinner party and it's basically that uh, when they're – I mean you can have a party. We can have a wonderful party where everybody brings over their kids and they all run around and it's great. But that's a play date. That's not a yeah. dinner party. Yeah. Dinner parties are where adult conversations happen, which isn't to say that you can't bring a child of a certain age to a dinner party mm-hmm. that, because I have very fond memories of my parents having a dinner party in one room while I sat in another room and watched TV and got the joy of getting to like eat dinner in front of the television set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I got the, the vibe of a dinner party that it was a warm time for adults to converse and it made me want to have them later when I grew up. So you want to en- enculturate people to the joys of a dinner party, your children, but only when they're old enough that they can be left in another room to fend for themselves <laughs> without hurting each other or themselves. Yeah, so, that's you know, quite that's a ways off. They're 16 to 18 years old. <laughs> so you I know I doomed myself, everybody. It's really lame. Although we did, I think we, uh, I think there's a footnote in there that allows for babes in arms. That's okay. Okay, Cause okay you, yes. Because you can still have nursing adult. moms. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's correct. Of course, you have to accommodate mm-hmm. that. Okay, mm-hmm. you do take a controversial position also about... Um, Topics, you know, mm-hmm. you're you're into the let's mix it up, people. Yep. Uh, part of it, which like I think is super risky in this day and age. It very much is, and uh, also this was written. I have to say, the mo- the majority of this book was written before the last election, uh-huh. and we actually had to frantically rewrite it because it came out <laughs> just after the election. Oh, oh really? Because okay. we needed to suddenly address topics like you can't do a story about you can't do a book about dinner parties and now not talk about how you deal with a political conversation. Yes, for instance. Mm-hmm. So what and do we, you recommend? Oh, for a political conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see if I can remember all this. That is one of the more serious t- yeah. moments yeah. in the book, as you might imagine. I mean, that's why for a lot of us, we just say, no, off the table. Like, it is. It's- we, we do say that if you can't talk about politics around a dinner table, then when are we going to talk about it? It's, it should yeah. be one of the least fraught situations that you can have because the stakes are low. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is true. It can also devolve into horror now. Yeah. And we had various ways of, you know, first of all, I, I remember... I'm bringing this up from memory now, <laughs> but there's a whole bunch of rules, one of which is to make your point and let it go. That's one thing you are not – everybody should go into a, oh, a conversation yeah. in a dinner party yeah. knowing that you are not going to change that person's mind tonight. Right. That's not right. happening. Um, so you can make a point, and if it's not sticking, then leave it be. You at least implanted the idea, and at least that person now knows that you may disagree with them, but you're a civil person. And they can't say that people that disagree with them are uncivilized brutes that are like some alien okay. race that aren't relatable anymore. So that was one thing. Another thing is that you try not to, and this is very difficult in our current day and age, is that you attack the policy, not the person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
which is a uh -huh. mistake that I think has been made time and time again in history. It, it tends to, if somebody is a supporter of a certain politician, you don't say that person is an evil politician. Mm -hmm. You say, this is the policy that I disagree with mm -hmm. about that. Because yeah. when you start attacking the person, then it becomes more personal. It sounds like you're just being a jerk mm -hmm. to that person. Now, Rico, does this work? Have you... <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'll Have be you honest. Really tried this? Okay. I'll okay. be honest. Here in Los Angeles, I don't get the chance to speak with non-like-minded individuals. <laughs> okay, I was going to say. As often yeah. as I might, I'll, but we do. If people have the opportunity, we we exhort people mm -hmm. to take the opportunities to sit down okay. with people of other political beliefs, shall we say, mm -hmm. and try to have a civil conversation because it's the only way, it's only going to be slowly over time that we heal the rifts in this country. And I mean, if not at a dinner party, where? Right. One dinner, One party. dinner party at a time. And let's hope. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the baby. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> so your first baby, you and your wife, yep. super excited. End yes. of September. Yes. Very excited. Very terrified. Uh-huh. Terrified. Uh -huh. Yeah. The terror is something that, uh, I mean, people mention. But I feel like I've had a lot of friends who have become fathers, and none of them really talked openly about the terror <laughs> as much as I'm I'm feeling it. And I don't think it's because they didn't feel it, because now I talk to them, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was scared as hell. Um, so, yeah, what should I ask you questions about what to do? Sure. Or Julie, Everybody? do you want to start with well, unsolicited I wanna, advice? I want to provide some advice. Now, uh, Rico, I am a grandmother. I have five grandchildren, wow. and I provide a lot of unsolicited advice Two new parents, but uh -huh. it's always positive. So the first thing I want to say to you is you are doing a wonderful job as a father. <laughs> you already are, okay? I know that wow. baby's not born yet, but you are doing a great job. Okay, How's Now, there are a couple of things you need to know. Our mother, who had eight children, so she really was a leading expert, um, <laughs> said that it takes three months from the time the child is born for that baby to, in her words, shape up. That... <laughs> what she believed in shaping up babies. That was her, that was her, her style. But I think it's very important for you as a new dad to know that the babies you see on TV that are newborns, those are not newborns. Yeah. Those are six month old babies. You are going to get a newborn. Now, mm -hmm. The good thing about a newborn, Rico, is they're pretty simple. You don't ha don't overthink it. I mean, there's so much information out there for new parents to scare you, so to make true. you, to really terrify you. So we true. had a lot less information. But if you keep <laughs> it <laughs> so that's how. Yeah. yeah, that's why yeah, just, your I generation was so great. Stop, you didn't know anything. Stop reading stuff. <laughs> yeah, just that's what. Don't overthink it. They're hungry. They're wet. They want to be held, or the, all three of these things, or none of the above. That's okay. what it is in the beginning. Okay. Okay. Good. So let's. We were just talking about dinner parties. Uh, do you have a dining room table I at do. your at your house? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, get rid of that. So you need to. <laughs> you need to move. I imagine some really nice mid-century modern thing. <laughs> You're just right. That That's amazing. How did you know that? Well, I because I'm urban Nana. I know these things. Okay, so you want to get rid of that. You want to put it in storage in the garage because what I firmly believe in is equipment um, oh, okay. that you need to borrow, beg, get whatever. You need strollers. You need front packs. You need oh, yeah. backpacks. You need side packs. You need bouncy chairs. You need sl uh, slopey chairs. You need 
you need all of these things because you're going to be entering into a new time dimension <laughs> with a newborn, right? Mm-hmm. right? An hour with a screaming newborn is not like anything you have ever, ever mm. experienced. And if you have a piece of equipment in your former dining room that will <laughs> provide some comfort to that baby, then you, then it's going to be worth it. What and do you, you recommend? What, what is that? Is. Pe- you, I don't know what it is. All of it? I know. It could be, it could be the swing. It could be the swing on slow speed, the swing with music on. It could be some carousel thing. You put the, a baby on the floor. It could be a bouncy chair. It could be a front pack that you wear or your wife wears. It could be a backpack. It could be a side <laughs> swaddle. You don't know. Each child is different. Okay. And that's why you need all of this stuff. <laughs> in- Wait, so so I basically buy all of Target and then No, no, no. I you don't just... have to borrow it. Borrow, borrow it, it. Beg for it. Whatever. That's what you want to do. But, and then it, but you have you all of this, it available to you at all times, is right, what you're saying. Because you don't know you don't know what they're gonna want. Now write this down. Okay. <laughs> Go with the Swedes. Okay. <laughs> what what you want. You got that? Go with the Swedes. Go with the Swedes. The, the Swedish the Swedish design stuff is really good. Okay? okay. They spend a lot of time redesigning all of the, all of the baby st- equipment that you'll need. Like your dehumidifier. Do you have one of those? Yes, there? I do. Okay, it is it Swedish? Uh, I don't think so. I think I got okay, it from CVS. C- <laughs> okay. CVS. Any other? Any CVS, other which stands for Kristoffersen Sapperduden. Svenska. I don't know. A lot of people don't know that's a Swedish concern. Go okay. ahead. What? Sorry. So that would be it. Go with the Swedes. Any kind of decision about woo, which piece of equipment, I would say uh, give the nod to the Swedes. And then finally, I would say this to new fathers, because I have seen this, that uh, particularly I know you mentioned in the beginning that your wife was going, you're going to nursing classes. And yep. that I think for some new dads, you know, their role is not completely obvious in those first three months mm-hmm. about what you're, you know, how you are going to interact with your, with your child. But, but Rico, really, you need to play the long game because mm-hmm. remember, you have to teach this human being how to tie his shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to have them on the wrong feet. He's not going to know how to make a double knot. I've been you're going to spend hours yeah. with him in the bathroom, potty training him mm-hmm. that Great. hours, days, weeks, you got to teach him to swim, to ride a bike. Heaven forbid you have to teach him to drive. Yeah. And Rico, <laughs> Rico, you have to be there at the door when he's 17 and he breaks his curfew mm-hmm. and you yep. have to say something to him. Yep. So, so the role, your role as a dad is incredibly important and you're off to a wonderful start. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you are, you've really gotten a handle on this right off the bat. How so, do you know that? What did I say I that made just, you think that? I, I say this to all parents. <laughs> and I, also, I also say you have a beautiful baby. Okay. <laughs> New parents don't hear that enough. You're doing a good job and you have a beautiful baby. Okay. okay. Even if you got to fake it until you make it. Okay. okay I That's see what, what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Internalize this is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Now, Liam, yeah. you're getting all choked yeah. up as Julie is talking about Aww, this. This is very so emotional nice. for you. You have two boys, yeah. and Julie, you have two boys, and Rico's having a so boy. I, so it's, it is. It is the long just, game for dads. I mean, my well, my husband said, "I wish they'd just come out at four. Yeah. <laughs> because, 
<laughs> because he didn't really understand one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. But four, he was on it. Yeah, like, he got it. I mean, he he stepped in and like, oh, now he's going. Now he's really on a roll. Yes, I've so, definitely been heard. I've been told by several fathers that it's kind of like early on. You really don't. You spend a lot of time going. Why did I do this? Yeah. And then there comes the point where they actually give something back to you, not uh, you know, mm-hmm. labor wise right. or financially. <laughs> quite the opposite, I think. But uh, uh, emotionally, they just yeah. like return. They laugh. Or like you tell a joke and they get it or something like that. And that's the moment where you're like, oh, I remember oh, why yeah. I did this. Right, oh, yeah. right. But yeah. I will say that they've been showing a lot of uh, the thing that you were saying uh, earlier about the idea of a, what a real newborn looks like. The yeah. hospital <laughs> yeah. has done a very good job. Our, our OBGYN has done a great job of showing us videos of what the actual little tykes look like. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, yeah. and I must, I'm glad to say that I find them cute. Not everybody is a baby person. And uh-huh. just the, looking oh, at them, the kind of potato uh, <laughs> right. thing that comes out. The shriveled. <laughs> the shriveled. Yeah. The, the, it's cute. I like what they do with their hands. They yeah. kind of like flex their hands mm-hmm. in this yeah. like completely involuntary way as adorable. And they kind of wipe, you know, good. put them on their face. It's all adorable. So like that's a good thing. I See, guess right. I'll be into it but, for at least that part. But three months. Okay. Again, write that down because <laughs> you will need to know that as a mark. It's going to get... You know, you'll shape up that baby in the first three months. <laughs> what does That's that mean? What, I, what, is, uh, what happens here's what in three I think months? It means. How do I know it's shaped? Our mom would always say, shape it up. I feel like in her mind, it was really break your spirit. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not at all. <laughs> to sleep when she wanted you to sleep, yeah. eat when she wanted you to eat. I think that's how long it took. To three eat. months. No. it's it made, The baby plumps up at three months because yeah. you know, they come out and then they actually lose a little weight and like the oh. nursing is hard. That's and good to know. They struggle. And then at six weeks, you hit the wall as a family because you're more tired than you thought you could ever be. Like you yeah. think, well, your wife will be tired after labor. But yep. then at six weeks, she's really going to be tired because she has now has labor nursed and hasn't slept in six weeks. Yeah. So then everybody starts to turn it around at six weeks and it's an upward trajectory to three months when all of a sudden like the baby acne is gone, the uh-huh. little the cradle cap is gone, their cheeks fill out a little bit. You're like, oh, this is the baby I thought I was gonna get. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, it. Yeah. But but so I, that's why you need all the equipment for yeah. you know for that period. All yeah. right. But I'm also the kind of guy that like likes, you know, when a kittens come out and they're totally helpless. And I also, whenever you see a dog on the street that was, you know, born with three limbs and yeah. is limping along, I'm always like, aw. Uh, so okay. maybe it's okay that I'm going. To, we're going to have like a little like non-expressive, yeah. no, it, it, helpless thing. You know what? It's no, beautiful they're, they're, and it's great, but it's they're not that photogenic. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> There's no aesthetics in it, is no. what you're saying. And again, you're exhausted. So yeah. yeah. So so tw- you are not photogenic. <laughs> yeah. So so don't take no. Uh, it, 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 you are. It's going to be a wonderful experience. Yes. And you know, it's it's really your second child that you really appreciate the first three months. Uh, so you'll you'll have to do that too. Okay. Uh, okay. Maybe. Okay. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna wrap this up with one parenting policy question, right. which you may or may not have thought about in advance, but because I've gotten to know you a little bit, I thought I should just raise this. You know. I know that you yearn to live in the Netherlands, right? Yes. You talk about that a lot on Safe for Work. You love it there. Um, so 
we saw this surprising story about parenting in Holland. Oh yeah, I saw on it on the front page of the New York Times. Yep, so I've okay, it. here this, it is. I've, I've followed I'm, I'm this holding more it than up. one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the headline in last week's New York Times is Dutch summer: A child can be left behind. So <laughs> the story starts with three kids, two 12-year-olds and a 15-year-old, being dropped at the foot of a forest at night, miles from the summer camp they are attending, with some kind of primitive GPS. And they are challenged to find their way home in the dark. And this, the kids usually make it back at like two or three in the morning. And this is a Dutch scouting tradition called dropping. So I'm just wondering if you and Karina have talked about dropping <laughs> and what your policy will be on dropping <laughs> baby Galliano in the forest. If we're <laughs> here in America or there in the Dutch? Because no, you're in if America. you end up living in Holland, I'm oh, saying. Oh, I'm, I'm totally into it. <laughs> I do. I I think that it, here's what I imagine. By the way, it's a really fascinating article, and it mm-hmm. does. It, these are they. You know, get a little GPS. Yeah. They're generally tracked. Is my idea. Is my understanding too by families. I had never heard of this, by the way, until this article. But it does not surprise me a bit knowing Dutch people. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that it could be into you it. It makes it. me think of like a much more hardcore version of the Scouts. Mm-hmm. Or of uh, even certain Halloweens that I had, which yeah, don't seem to exist anymore, no. where at age 13, by age 13 or yes. 12 or something like that, it was basically just like, go run rampant in the woods. Mm-hmm. I mean, I lived Free in the all. suburbs and yeah. there literally were woods. I remember like running like a madman, barely able to see with a mask on. It was so exciting it's though, right? super exciting because you feel like, oh, this is, it's your first taste of what it must be like to be free and be able to do anything and to like kind of be with candy wild in the world <laughs> plus candy all you want um yeah i, I can imagine Rico, that being really i am exciting. so glad we are recording this because we're going to play this back to you when your child <laughs> child is 10 we'll see if you have the same well, wait a minute no but here's the flip for the parents too it's like doesn't it make it a little bit easier on you because then at a certain point you're just like yeah get out of here yeah Go take care of yourself figure it out and i'm gonna now finally stay at home and have a night in Exactly. I think that's Isn't true. That I, I mean, one thing I give our, well, many things I give our parents credit for, but like they did raise us with a certain amount of independence. Yeah. We were allowed to like, you know, take the train into New York City by ourselves when we were 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Like it, it was sort of, if we could figure it out ourselves, they were happy to let us. Not so much the being dropped in the woods in the middle of the night. It wasn't an outdoorsy kind of thing. It was just more of a... It's just Times Square in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking the woods are safer. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. walking to Beatlemania through Times Square from Grand Central, that was really dangerous. Grand Central. <laughs> Getting out of Grand Central was scary. Yeah. Yep. And by the way, I would not do this in... America, A, because I think you'd probably be thrown in jail if you, you did it in yeah. America. And uh, second of all, because I just don't, I mean, one of the things that's great about the Netherlands is it's super safe almost yep. everywhere. Okay. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I will say that's not the only, there's a great parenting article from, I think, 2011 that I went back and looked at after I saw that. They have also very interesting ideas about sex in the home almost. Oh. When the kids get to, you know, yes. that age, there is an understanding, my understanding is, I've not seen this in action or anything, but that parents will allow if a kid brings home their boyfriend or girlfriend that they sleep over. And it's just understood that they may be having sex under the roof of your house. And it's just like, well, you know, that's what teenagers do. And better that they not be, you know, that they have their parents nearby. 
Okay. I guess. Not, okay, we'll not check here back on satellites. Yeah, we're going to check back on that <laughs> yeah. too. It's fascinating. I'm not sure. Yes. We'll see. Super fascinating, Rico. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Rico, thank you so much for coming in today. This is really fun. Rico's baby is due at the end of September. So any more unsolicited advice you want to just post in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group? <laughs> He'd we, love it. We will pass it along and be inspired this summer by reading Brunch as Hell, How to Save the World by Throwing a Dinner Party. Rico, good luck. It was so much fun to be here. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thanks. Happy to be back. We're the Satellite Sisters. This is Entertaining Sisters. Okay, first, just want to mention our book list, still at SatelliteSisters.com. Mm-hmm. Keep reading, people. Keep reading. Keep sharing uh, the Satellite Sisters beach bag book list. But, Julie, what do you have? You have a recommendation today. I do have a recommendation this week. It's an unusual one. It's a museum recommendation for a specific exhibit. I want to highly recommend uh the uh, Guggenheim, ex- Guggenheim Museum in New York has an exhibit called Basquiat's Defacement, The Untold Story. Now, this is uh, the artist Jean-Michel Basquiat's painting of the defacement. It's the death of Michael Stewart. Now, Michael Stewart was a black artist that was beaten to death by New York City Transit Police after tagging a subway station in the 1980s. Uh, He was put into a chokehold, and he died of cardiac arrest uh, 13 days later. And this whole exhibit at the Guggenheim is about um, artists such as Basquiat and others, David Hammond, Keith Haring, Andy Warhol, who were inspired by this death to do their own works of art. So it is just, it's a small exhibit. It's up on the sixth floor of the rotunda. You go in there and it's so powerful Mm. and so timely. I really want to recommend it to people. It will be at the museum through November, through the beginning of November. So if you're going to be in New York and, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you don't want to do a whole museum. You just mm-hmm. want to see one thing. I would recommend this. I'm also going to make just a side recommendation that if you happen to go to the Guggenheim uh, uh, during uh, during this period, you might also want to check out my daughter-in-law's exhibit called Implicit Tensions. It's about it's a Maplethorpe uh, photography exhibit. It opens uh, July 24th and runs through January tw- uh, 2020. So but this these are that's a nice museum uh, recommendation for for you if you want to see something really powerful really well done it's not a huge exhibit uh, but I I highly recommend it Okay, yeah, and excellent. if you've never visited that building in New York, the Guggenheim, just the actual building is so beautiful to experience. So, yeah, that's a good one if you're in New York City. Okay, yeah. my entertainment recommendation, you know, whenever I'm going on a long drive, like I am up to Oregon, I try to pick a good long book uh, to entertain me on the way. So my driving book this summer is a classic by Bill Bryson. Now, you may recall that last year I recommended Bill Bryson's book, um, uh, A Sunburned Country, which is all about Australia. And I loved it. It was right before we went to Australia, Julie. We read that, and it was really wonderful. So these are hilarious and very well-researched travel books, and he's an American who lives in the U.K. Well, one of his classics is called A Walk in the Woods, Rediscovering America on the Appalachian Trail. 
And so that's what I'm listening to. The Appalachian oh. Trail goes from Georgia to Maine, and it covers, you know, some of the most breathtaking terrain in America. I'll be driving up the West Coast, up through the Sierras, but I'll be thinking of the uh, Appalachian Trail. And so he's super entertaining. It's all about the history and the ecology of the trail, but also the people he meets along the way. So that is my listen on my way north. Liz, there you go. Very highbrow. Oh. I gave that book to my brother-in-law many years ago. Oh, you it did? came out for Christmas. People yes. love it. And yeah, I can't believe I've never read it. It's yeah. a classic. Yes, it's an absolute classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good. That'll be good. Um, what do you have, Leanne? Well, Julie, I have the permission to enjoy your guilty pleasures. That's uh-huh. what I am giving the Satellite Sisterhood because you guys came in with a pretty high, so highbrow <laughs> recommendations, okay? Okay. But so, there okay. was there was a piece in the New York Times a couple weeks ago uh, with the headline, Guilty Pleasures? No Such Thing. Go forth and read that trashy novel. Now, I have a love-hate with the phrase guilty pleasure because often people will say to me, oh, Leanne, your book's such a guilty pleasure. And you don't like that? My fiction. Well, I worked really hard on it, and there's some (laughs) history in the book, so I feel like there's some learning happening, but all right. Yeah. You know, who's kidding who? Are you really? They're very well-researched books, Leanne. Thank you. You make a lot of very highbrow references in both both of the books. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm just saying, like, Mm -hmm. I don't think these people are reading Dostoevsky when they're not reading Leon Dolan, you know? (laughs) Yes. But, all right, fine. fine. Read the book. Read the book. Read the book. But just say I enjoyed the book without the guilty pleasure bit. But here's the deal. According to Dr. Kristen Neff, an associate professor in the Department of Educational Psychology at UT Austin, she said, when we rest, we think we're supposed to be using that time productively with problem solving, right? Julie, Mm -hmm. you said a couple weeks ago on the show, you never sit down. You know, people, they cannot relax. They cannot, they feel guilty if they're not moving, 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 moving. And she said, while that may be good for survival, it's not very good for happiness. Oh. So taking a mental break and enjoying something that doesn't require those intellectual, intense focus sessions mm-hmm. that you need gets us out of problem-solving mode and actually helps us engage more positively with people. You need actually mm. to stop your brain for a while and enjoy okay. that season four. Enjoy career. the Bachelorette. Enjoy. Well, I don't know about that, but sure. <laughs> I don't know about that either. Lee. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that, but just enjoy whatever it is that you want to enjoy without feeling guilty about yeah. it. Okay. You know, it's the guilt part that's not that helpful either. All so, right. So you said season four of Queer Eye. Queer Eye. Like, enjoy yeah. that. Enjoy it. <laughs> just enjoy it. And Dr. Nabby also says we should ditch the words guilty pleasure from our vocabulary. Yeah. You know, it's no it, reason to feel guilty. Nope. About. No just reason at all. Just pure pleasure. No reason at all. So go for it. Have at it this summer. Enjoy whatever you want to enjoy. Yeah. Okay. Just do it responsibly. <laughs> okay. Uh, we would like to thank our sponsors for this week's Satellite Sisters. And we'd like to thank you for supporting our sponsors. It really makes a big difference when you use those promo codes or go to those URLs. Mm-hmm. It says, says to the sponsor, you know, that we're sending people there and it's great. So we really appreciate how you support the sponsors and how the sponsors support us. Yes, thank you. We would like to thank Sergio Enriquez, who's done a great job. We're sort of wrapping up our 19th season. <laughs> just insane it's yeah i mean the math is a little fuzzy but if you just go strictly by calendar year it's 19 years yeah 
as yeah. we wrap it up. So, Sergio, thank you for everything that you've done with us in season 19. We yeah. love coming here to the Wondery Sunset Studios. We love the team here at Wondery. They've been so great to work with for the last full year. It's really been mm-hmm. enjoyable to be a part of the Wondery Network. Mm-hmm. It has been. Yeah. So we will be back in September, right, Julie? You wanted to assure people we're not going away. You right. Felt, I think that's felt, very important. Yes. We're coming back. Yes. Yes. And we're going to be bigger and better than ever. Yes. <laughs> We actually, we have a planning meeting in a couple of weeks about how to, Bafo season 20. Right. Yeah. 20th anniversary. Yeah. We, we got to do it. Have a few statement things we're going to try. Hence the newsletter list. Oh. I mean, hence, that's why it's happening. Okay. Like, we're, it's all, we're, I mean, we had a newsletter. Yes, we did. It was a great uh-huh. newsletter. And then. We had a blog. We, we, we've yeah, had a we've lot had many things. Th- yeah. We got a lot of content, people. We got stuff. We got stuff. But we will be back in September, so that's on our to-do list. We wish everybody a happy and safe August uh, summer travels. We hope you have fun with your family and friends. Enjoy a few guilty pleasures, and then we will see you in September. We'll be back. All right, don't forget, call your satellite sisters.